Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Podcast. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. Hello and welcome. And today, the second annual NBA preview pod. Done about two months later than we thought we would have done it, but we're here regardless and we're ready to rumble. This thing going. Oh, I'm ready to roar. Rip roaring and rumbling. All right. Now, before we go into our predictions and superlatives, all that fun stuff, let's start, Phil, by talking about the unique season we're about to embark on, this COVID-impacted year. I know we're tired of talking about it, but it has to be dealt with. There's going to be a year unlike any other. With We've already seen it kind of been test run with the other sports, college basketball, football, and it works. So there's bumps in the roads, and I'm sure there'll be bumps in the roads with this NBA season. Phil, what are you anticipating happening this year? How do you think it's going to impact things? I know that there's some things you can't predict, but it's definitely going to have a big impact. How how right. how significant do you think it will be? I think it'll be pretty significant. I mean, we'll keep it light and uh, jovial on this, but obviously there's going to be a lot of different things that are going to spur out, especially the way the NBA, like the timeline the NBA is starting at, because vaccines are starting to come out, but who knows like what timeline fans are getting it, the athletes themselves are getting it, or management themselves. But just aside from that, like the season, we kind of see what's going on with the NFL, with the MLB before, and college basketball as it's starting out, where there's going to be a lot of cases. Like it's realistic. It's almost inevitable. But I think the NBA is going to be fine overall. It's just going to be tough with a condensed season, especially on a basketball court where like five people are kind of five people are who you need as opposed to a football team where if an offensive lineman gets COVID, he's out and you got a sub. But if LeBron gets COVID and he's out for two weeks, like the Lakers are kind, could be sputtering. So I think it's interesting in that aspect. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely different from a sport like football or even baseball because, you know, you have a, an out per se or even a small outbreak. I mean, that takes out three to five guys. Your rotation can look severely different. So I think right. realistically, they could be wielding a G League team if they they were all in the locker room one night and then. KCP comes with COVID the next Yeah, day. there's definitely going to be some games this year where there's players out there that would not have been in the rotation in a regular season. So I think more than ever, the 15th man on a roster is going to have to be ready, where in normal season, the 15th man probably isn't getting much run. But anything can happen this year. Because that's not a thing. Yeah. And there could definitely be a game where there's seven dudes on the roster. There's, you know, eight right. guys yeah. on the bench. So... Definitely something to watch out for. Had to get out of the way. Let's get to the fun stuff, Phil. Let's start with our risers and fallers. Risers and you know what it is. A team, we're going to do each conference, one team that we think is going to surpass expectations, one team that we think is going to take a little bit of a dip. Let's start with the East. Phil, who's your riser? Who's your follower in the Eastern Conference this year? Which one you want to go with first? You want to be positive or negative? And positive and negative. And positive. All right, so let's talk about the dumpster. Uh, I'm still kind of fluid on how I want to go with it. I really like the heat from last year, but I, I don't know. Like, Jay Crowder was a pretty essential piece. We don't know how Goran Dragic is going to be after – I assume he had to get surgery after he played again in the finals after, I think, tearing his plantar fascia. 
So I think those little kind of nitpicking things are, might actually lead to something more severe with the Miami Heat's overall season. Also, maybe just a tiny debased thing would be they're in Miami. That's a hotbed for COVID. Who knows if they like their team has to miss two weeks at some point. That's very much a guess, but I don't know. I don't think the Miami Heat are as lined up or positioned as they were in the bubble to be as good as they are this year. Who's your faller on so, that note? Well, before we go to mine, Phil, I want to I want to poke you a little bit with this heat. All right, go ahead. Nitpick my nitpicks. Are we talking regular season, postseason, or both when you say this? Well, you made up this uh, rise or faller <laughs> category, so I assumed you meant season. But so regular all, season. Yeah, just regular season. Playoffs, so where do you I see there be a different story? Where do you see their floor of regular season seating? Floor, I don't think they dip out of the playoffs. Saying that there is playoff insurance nowadays because there's you could be the 10th pick and you can still get playing games, and then that just matters on the games. So I think playoffs, at least in the at maximum in the insurance terms, you know, like the ninth and 10th seed get to play into the seventh and eighth. But I think their floor is probably like eight to nine seed if they if things just do not break their way. Interesting. Where do you uh where do you got the Miami's at? I think Miami's going to be good this year. Right. I have Miami right now as the, th- the the third best team in the East. Honestly, I think that people are going to look at last season and think, is it a fluke? It was a bubble. What's real? What's not? And that's a valid question. Obviously, things were not what they usually are last season and it's going to come down to the to the players that it always comes down to the big time players jimmy's going to be jimmy but the heat have a lot of young guys and we're going to see how they respond to kind of the added target for lack of a better word you know like is tyler is tyler harrow the guy we saw in the playoffs or is he gonna go back to what he was in regular season which was good but not what you need. Not, not what you a, absolutely not, needed. Not a third option on a championship right. team. Yeah. So, and then there's Val questions with Goran Dragic. What is he going to look like? He was probably their second most productive offensive player. For sure. Is he going to be the same kind of guy? Is he going to be able to operate at a pick and roll and do the stuff that he was doing when Jimmy isn't the lead ball handler? Losing Jay Crowder, I agree, was kind of low key big head scratcher. Yeah. A little bit of a head scratcher as well. I. You know, there's, there was word about Miami saving up a little bit for Giannis, which we obviously know how that's you know, going yes. now with Giannis officially extending for five years, 200-whatever million dollars. But Jay Crowder gets a really friendly deal with the Phoenix Suns. I think it was three years, $30 million, which when looking at some of these other deals, I mean, sign me up for Jay Crowder for $10 million a year. Always tradable, always there. You know what you're going to get. So that's definitely a hole. They lose Derek Jones Jr. also. I know you don't care much for that. I'm, I'm not a big D-double-J guy. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, may I also point out tiny thing. Yeah, eh, not that tiny, but the Bam shoulder, you know, incident ongoing happenings during the finals, and I mean before so because I was think I think they played the Celtics and that was a thing, but I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, and maybe I don't think the Lakers will have such an effect, but the Heat might have such a troubled time coming off of such a sh- quick off season because the Lakers retooled and they got all these guys that haven't played as much as the Lakers, most of the Lakers core played in the finals and then have to return around. But the Heat are basically running it back with the same guys minus like one or two to start. So I think it'll be interesting to see the wear and tear. Heat definitely didn't get better just from a roster standpoint, but we'll see if those young guys take their game up a notch. Bam. It shows up. 
Yeah, and is, is Bam going to take a step? Everybody kind of wanted to assume he will, but the hardest step to take in the NBA is from good to really, really, really good, which is what Bam has to do now. Is he going to extend yeah. his game a little bit? Is he going to be more of an offensive threat? We'll see. Those things are the type of nuances you look at if you want to see if Miami's going to be a legit contender. So I get where you're coming from. I don't fully agree, but I right. understand the I don't I under I understand the rationale. The roster didn't get much better. So there is reason to kind of wonder. No, I got you though. I got you. It's not crazy. I feel you. I feel you. Who's your Who's your my My follower, Phil, is the Toronto Raptors. I think the Toronto Raptors had one of the worst off seasons in the NBA. Clear downgrades. Lose Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka. I know that everybody likes to look at Marcus Saul's three point percentage in the bubble, and it was atrocious. I think he saw. I think he shot like eighteen percent or something. And he was pretty much just a negative anytime he was on the floor, especially in that conference semifinal series against Boston. But Serge Ibaka's a legitimate player. And they bring in Alex Len and Aaron Baines in place of those two guys. I think that's a huge downgrade on both sides of the floor. I don't think people are putting enough stock into that. This was a team that already struggled in the half court to score. They got a lot of their buckets off of transition. They shot great in transition threes. They just... I think their transition efficiency was top five, I believe. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were awesome mm. in that area of the floor. And now they're going to be relying on that because Abak and Gasol, two guys that stretch the floor. Gasol, a guy who can not only shoot a little bit, but make plays. They don't have that anymore. Alex Lenz, meh, not that good. Aaron Baines, I know he's a fan favorite, but. Oh, that's an most- understatement. <laughs> His role should realistically be 18 to 20 minutes a game, and I think they're going to be relying on those guys for a lot of minutes. You know, is is Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, and Siakam enough to get you to the top of the Eastern Conference? That's for you to decide. I don't think it is. I think Siakam takes a step backwards. People saw what happened in the bubble, and I know that the situation wasn't the same was in the regular season, but it was tough to look at. How does he bounce back from that? I'm not sure. I think Toronto is going to be all right, but I think they took the biggest step back out of any team in the league. And I besides the Thunder, but the Thunder are a different. Fair enough. But for a team that's actually trying to win, they took. I have the Raptors right now as the eighth best team in the East, oh. and I know that's Ooh. that's going to surprise some people. So that's what I think of Toronto right now. I think that they're kind of a fringe team, and. They're not much of a threat at all. If I may add to your point about Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet, I think the scale, since the scale as Fred VanVleet entered the league was always Kyle Lowry had more of this duty and responsibility, like running the team. As the seasons have gone on, we're going to have to start seeing more of Fred VanVleet in charge. And I don't know how having those balances, uh, not skipped, but tilted in that favor, who knows? Because Kyle Lowry is going to decline at some point, if not now. And yeah. who knows how Fred VanVleet's going to be able to take up more responsibilities as Kyle Lowry kind of goes into a more off-ballish, you know, yeah. backup guard type. I like position. Fred. I like Fred, but he's a scorer. You like you know, Fred, but you don't love him. I don't you love won't him. Take him down to the, you won't take him out to the Canyons. You won't get down on one knee, and you won't say come to the Knicks for a full max contract. I will not. I will not do That's that. That's okay. You're I not. It's over- fine. <laughs> I agree with that. Just clean that up. Yeah, I mean, he's a really good scoring guard, but I don't know if he's a, a hand the keys to the offense type of player. I'm, I'm, I'm pausing on that. So, agreed. 
That's our fo- that's our fallers. Can I we get your riser? I got Raptors. Let's go with the riser. My riser, good sir. Let's, let's, let's stay in the Eastern Conference. And this is a team that I'm higher on than most, Phil. No. I'm going to go. <laughs> I know where you're going. No, I don't think you do. I, I haven't really talked about this team recently. You're and talk, you talk about them I, I don't think they're I a mean, contender. You don't have to talk about them, but I know who you're going to say. I'm, t- I'm saying the Washington Wizards. Yeah, yeah it's not that. <laughs> you've, you've made specific videos about how much you love Bradley Beal. <laughs> I know where you're going. I thought you okay, – I watch well, our content. Well, it's a new well, – they have <laughs> Russell Westbrook, so it's different. But, That's fair. That was also my riser, I, but I guess I'll find someone new. Okay. Can we, can we, can we riff on the Wizards for a little bit? Yes, we can, we can riff. Okay. So, Washington, a team last year that gets the nine seed with pretty much Bradley Beal – Davis Bertans and a bunch of G League leftovers. I mean, say how it is, is what it was. Ishmith is a great guy. Ishmith is a good guy. Below average NBA player, though. I continue. Fair enough. (laughs) Wizards, bottom three in pretty much every defensive category, top eight in pretty much every offensive category. They bring in Russell Westbrook. They bring in Denny Abdina, who I, in the draft, who I think is going to be. An impact rookie. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, going to be a star, but I think he's a guy that's going to be nice to have off the bench. Will those other players take steps is the question. Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, I'm not so sure. But end of the day, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, that's a good record in the East for me. So it's a year that I think Westbrook's really going to have a little bit of a chip on. He always has a chip on his shoulder, but more so than usual. He's going. To, it's going to be loud. It's going to be violent. It's going to be a lot of dunks and yelling at the zero fans in the stands or whatever, or the babies if they might be there again. Mm, yes, yes, yes. But of course, Washington, I think, is tailor-made to have a nice record in the East. They're going to feast on bad teams. I have them right now as my sixth best team. Phil, anything else you have on the Wizards? Do you agree with my assessment? Any other questions? No, mean- I mean, pretty much to a T, honestly. I had them in my fifth spot. My only question, like, going forward – is obviously they're going to have a cut-and-dry system of Russ is going to drive either when Bradley Beal is off the court or when he's on, Russ is going to be able to drive and he's going to be able to kick it out to four other shooters. My concern is is Mo Wagner, who I presume will be the starting shooting five, you know, and then I guess Rui Hachimura and Davis Bertans, that kind of makes up the rest of the shoot, like straight out, just four out Russ drives unit. Like, do you think that's what they can do, or do you think there's better replacements out there, or do you think they try to make a trade for someone? I I think they're kind of dealing with what you know, kind of assets. No, but, they didn't give up that much for Russ though. They gave a pick. No, they it. they gave a pick. I know, but how many more picks do you really want a mortgage? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying give this, up picks, but they are clean, like on the on in regards of like yeah, yeah. draft pick torture. I get, I get it, I get it. I, I think they're running with this a little bit, but I. I see, but you bring up a good point because I think there's going to be a lot of staggered minutes because you have to. It's going to be kind of similar in the way that the Rockets ran their lineups. I think, right. where you might start, you might start with Russ and Beal and end with Russ and Beal, but there's going to be a lot of just one of them throughout the game. A lot game. of in between. So how are those Russ plus whatever minutes going to work? Is you know are the shooters around him going to suffice? Is Russ going to? What's he going to play like? He's in a whole new situation. Is he going to shoot a little bit better than he did last year? Those are all question marks. Uh, don't go there. I don't know. You know, I know, but listen, you know what Russ I want to see. Russ, he's a bad shooter, but he's better than whatever he shot. He's better than twenty-two percent. No, he's that's be- fair. He- that's fair. 
So that's a big question. But yeah, the only like thing Wizards. I think the Wizards could do better is if they re-sign Marching Gortat and let him and Russ run the second unit, just pick and rolls nonstop. Who's stopping that? Russ, yeah, Russ is a pick and roll machine. People don't really get. I'm talking Marching Gortat in the paint. Are you able to stop that? Uh, I think you might be. I don't I know. I don't know. He's a big guy. I think he still has the Mohawk. Yeah, the Wizards have a lot of pick and roll threats. The pick Ability, and, I mean, yeah. not, 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 but the, it's mostly actually pick, pick and pop. I misspoke. Yeah, no, more, no, no, more I pick get and pop saying. than pick and roll. They got Thomas Bryant can shoot. Davis Bertans can shoot. But I don't know if the lob threats are there as much. We'll see about that. But, yeah, I like what Wizards are doing overall. They got a lot of offense. I think it's going to be good for a decent amount of wins in the Eastern Conference. That's what I got. One more thing. One more thing on the East. I just want to know, gauge your perception on the Eastern Conference teams just generally getting better. Because that's what it seems is happening. I mean, the Nets are getting better by just adding back their guys. The Hawks made moves. The Bulls think they're going to be relevant. Um, Magic think they're going to be good. Hornets Charlotte. now just kind of assemble the team. Yeah, exactly. And I think Cleveland is going to – I yeah. mean, they're kind of forced to keep Kevin Love, so I guess they're just going to keep trying. They're 2-0 and preseason. But what do you think about just the yeah. general improvement in Eastern Conference teams and how that kind of leads – or how that kind of works with the detractors that are like the Knicks, the Pistons, and I guess there's no one else. It's just, it's just the two of us. Yeah, I think Cleveland's looking pretty bad this year. But overall, East definitely getting stronger, especially the top of the East. Yeah. With those, you know, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, and then you throw Miami, and then Boston, I think is – I mean, Boston we could have honestly put in a faller. I don't think they fall big, big, but I don't know if they're in that top, top tier anymore. I think they're good, mm-hmm. but – if they are really a contender depends on if Tatum takes like that MVP type step, which is possible, but we kind of have to see it. You know, you can never predict those kind of leaps, right? But yeah, East is good. East is good overall. It's not the, the walkover used to be where like the West has five teams that are better than the East best team. Yeah. I think that Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, Philly, like all have the talent to legitimately cause problems in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, All right, let's pivot. We go. Let's pivot. We went let's to the pivot. nice sunrise. Now let's hit the sunset. We're in the Western Conference. Who do you have as your? We're in the West. Let's flip it. Who do we start with? Fallers. Let's start with risers. Okay, we can start risers. Yeah, throw it off. For me, my my riser is. I can go a few ways here, but I'm gonna go the Portland Trailblazers. Mm, okay, I think the I Portland Trailblazers. God, God <laughs> damn it! You can't be on my level all the time. I'm sorry. The Portland Trailblazers, we talked about how the Raptors, for a team that's trying to win, got the worst. I think that the Blazers might have gotten the, might have made the most improvements. I mean, you could say Lakers, but like the Lakers, it's LeBron and AD. I, I know people love to talk about Shooter and whatnot, but the Blazers, I think, really made some substantial moves. They bring in Covington, flip a first round pick, which is decent capital for Robert Covington, but. Hey, you know, Dame Lillard's 30 years old. He wants to retire a Blazer. Get him the best team possible. I get it. Do right you bring by in him. Robert Covington. Do right by him. You presumably get healthy. Nurkic comes back with a full off, with not a full off season, but he's going to work his way into game shape throughout the year instead of just throwing him into the first round of the playoffs. Jack Ronnie Collins. Hood hopefully comes back a little healthy. Zach Collins. Zach Collins. Whatever. White Zach Collins. <laughs> Yeah Zach, yeah, Zach Collins, I have him as one of my wild cards, honestly. Zach Collins, super talented, two-way player. 
can play four, can play five, whatever, can shoot a little bit theoretically, just can't stay on the floor. So if he can play, then yeah, that's a that's a that's a guy that you throw all over the floor on defense, and he can guard bigs, he can switch out. That's if he is what they need him to be, which is their fourth best player essentially, then this team can really make some noise. Like I'm not going to say they can win the West, but they can really give teams problems. And if things break right, then maybe they can win the West. All right. So yeah, Portland's my team. I, I, I mean, Dave that was what I was going to roll with, so I can't deny you. Did you find a new one, sir? Uh, I scrambled, but um, I kind of do it by committee now because I don't, I don't want to get into the fallers, but we know that a lot of teams are kind of going to drop out, presumably. I think someone like Memphis, New Orleans, or the Suns really going to – like that's going to be the next crop. Of, they're going to be taking up the 6th, 7th, and 8th seed maybe. Maybe one gets a little higher, whatever. Out of that group, I'd probably put most faith in the Suns. They're really putting together a solid rebuild around Devin Booker, and then they add in Chris Paul, and everything's looking good. DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Iton is going to be a 20-10 and 10 guy, and he might be an all-star this year. Um, I think they're going to be good. They're going to be very good. Chris Paul is going to do his job and facilitate the team. And I'm a little concerned about their depth, but Javon Carter's a nice piece. And yeah, thoughts on the Suns? Yeah, I like the Suns a lot. I agree. Depth is the biggest question mark. McCall Bridges, Cam Johnson. We know they're nice young players, but they're going to have to be more this year. They're going to have to be legit contributors if they want to be a winning team. I like Phoenix a lot. I agree that DeAndre Ayton's going to have a monster year. I mean, Chris Paul, the big man, is just – it's peanut butter and jam. Peanut butter and jelly. Oh, Whatever no. you want. <laughs> we cut that out. We, we cut. <laughs> he's been making big man money as long as he's – though. So he's definitely going to be good for, for the big DA. I like Phoenix a lot. Just to put in perspective via my article, I have Portland right now as the fifth best team in the West, and I have Phoenix as the eighth-best team. So I think ah, yes. Phoenix is going to sneak out. into the postseason. This article so, nothing to, nothing to mm-hmm. sneeze at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think both of those teams are going to take major steps from last year and are probably going to surpass. I mean, Phoenix is, like, kind of the hot team to jump on, but – Okay, well, I, I, you took my, my hipster Oregon, <laughs> you know, just unorthodox pick, but whatever. Razor for sure. Should we get negative? Yeah, let's let's get a little dark, dark and dreary. I feel like we I feel like we both have the same faller, right? Just because we're I, both just just hopeless I, optimists, or I no actually way? deviated from. The, I mean, I think we both avoided. I know who you're talking about. We both avoided for preface for everyone that we avoided the Houston Rockets and Thunder because who knows what's going to happen with them? I think they're going to drop. The Thunder are obviously going to drop with the team they now have. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I picked someone or a team different from what you hope to be. I also hope it to happen, but I think another team's going to drop as well. All right. Well, want to want to lead off with the Jazz. I just think the team. Interesting. Donovan Mitchell's been electric. He's been very good. But how long can he carry a team? Can he do it for the whole season? We don't know. Some crazy things, and they're really impressive. But we didn't really see that in the regular season. Granted, the bubble could have been just a micro microscope of him being able to do all these great things. Whether it's going to carry over to a 72-game season, who knows? Also, I think his depth 
around him is getting pretty weak. Bogdan is good, but is he enough? Obviously, Rudy Gobert is not that useful of an offensive person. He's a good defensive player. And then Mike Conley is kind of question marking. And then what else are we going to expect? Like, Jawoon Morgan is going to step in and be a big contributor? Wow. He, they, wow. They, they brought him in the playoffs, but he didn't do anything. I mean, can you tell me their depth is actually good? I like Clarkson. Don't get me wrong. Love Clarkson. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the depth is good. I'm not going to tell you that. But I do think that people are forgetting about Boyan Bogdanovich, who was their second-best scorer, their best three-point shooter. Did I use he the wrong Boyan? Did I use Bogdan instead of Boyan? Did you, did you say Bogdan? I don't know. Well, whatever it is, it's Boyan. And he it's missed, one of them. He misses the first round of the playoffs. And I don't know, man. I, I get what you're saying. I just think that people kind of have – and maybe not you because you didn't really talk about their playoff run. But I think people are looking at the fact that they blew a 3-1 lead and they lose in the first round. And they're kind of holding against Utah and saying this team, they don't really have what it takes. But I just think if we look back contextually what happened, they're missing their second-best offensive player, their best three-point shooter. They go up 3-1. So before you have to blow a 3-1 lead, you have to be up 3-1. So they go up 3-1 against Denver, obviously blow it. But then Denver turns out to be legitimate. You know, Denver's not the Denver of old. They they beat the Clippers. I know that they lose in five to Lakers, but I thought they held their own for a solid amount of minutes. Yeah, so I don't know. I I didn't look at – I think we ended up looking at that Utah outcome differently than what we thought in the moment. I like the Jazz. I think Donovan Mitchell is a fringe top ten player. I have concerns about Rudy Gobert because you're right. Like, offensively, he's just a liability at times, and I think that's just kind of exasperated. It's, it's, it's elevated itself over the last few years, and yeah, he's not going to get better on the defensive end, and he's not getting better on the offensive end. So he's kind of a taking time bomb with, with Gobert, honestly. I, I, he's done great things for the Jazz, but... Yeah, I think he's, he's going to go somewhere at some point. Yeah, the shelf life there. The season, but yeah. So I get what you're saying, and Conley obviously a huge question mark. I still really like Utah, though. I, right. I have, I, I'm, but I'm always, I, I always like the Jazz. I think Donovan Mitchell's great. I think Quinn Snyder's a great coach, and they just always seem to play some kind of winning basketball. I yeah, don't know, yeah. man. Um, I, I got with my fourth team right now, but I could see, I, I could see the question marks. There's, it's, it's definitely not airtight. Yeah, no, my argument for the Jazz isn't. The, like what you were saying before, it isn't really the playoff run. It's kind of more in the aspect that they basically just got Bogdan Boyan, however it should be, apologies to, to the boy, but um, they got him back and then that's it. They kind of stayed put free agency trade-wise. They're, they got they got favors. They got favors. Okay, they got Derek favors. All right, mm-hmm. what did he do in New Orleans that made him so good to get to Utah? Yeah. yeah no, you know what I'm it. saying. Yeah, Everyone else probably got a little bit better than where they were. And they were the sixth seed alone with that squad. And then yeah. you add on Derek Favors, how much more does that do for you? That's kind of my argument. Yeah, that'll be more, that, that's probably more compelling. The fact that like their regular season should have been better last year. Definitely. Right. And it was super up and down. It was very close it, to the four through six. Don't get me wrong, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see. I was, 
I was huge on Utah last year. I thought that they were the third best team in the West, and I thought they were going to have the best record. And like, I, I had all these crazy Utah predictions, but none of it worked out. I like them again you, this year, but I'm a little. You and I were riding high on the the Utah bus. Yeah, yeah. We were really, really into it for a minute, and we got out of that hippy dippy culture, or the Mormon well, talk, culture, if you will. Let's talk the team that we've all wanted to talk though. You know my father, <laughs> evil laugh. The Dallas Mavericks. I'm low on the Dallas Mavericks. I know that I everybody, everybody wants to just assume the Mavericks are going to ascend. You know, that, that that's always the assumption, though. I, that teams just naturally always just move up until eventually they're NBA. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like Preach that. It. People like to think that you have a star, which you do. Listen, I want to preface this with Phil. This indictment on the Mavericks has zero to do with Luka Doncic. Zero. I think that Luka is as okay, good as adver- okay, He's as good as advertised. You know, top 10 player, the whole thing. Like, in terms of trade value, just theoretical trade value, Phil, like, Luca's got to be number one, right? In terms of yeah, one no, aspect. I mean, fantasy draft, fantasy drafts tomorrow, you probably take Luca. If not, he's 1B to Giannis. Yeah. Irrelevant, but. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's Luca. It's Luca. It's, you know, if, if you are an NBA owner and there's a redraft, Luca Doncic is the most basketball player for this season. Listen, LeBron's still the best player, but. Going forward, franchise-wise, there's not a more valuable asset than Luka Doncic. I believe that. Are you sure it's not Marvin Bagley? The Kings were pretty sure. They were pretty sure, but I'm... They were pretty sure. (laughs) Well, Phil, back to to our Dallas Mavericks. Yes, sorry. This team got got worse, I think. Some people think they got better. I think they got worse. Seth Curry was a huge part of this team last year. You know, we watched a bunch yeah. of games together where Seth Curry would really carry those second units. I mean, he's yeah. an underrated player. He's an underrated scorer. He can he can work out of the pick and roll. He can obviously shoot the lights out. I don't think that was a good move for them to bring in Josh Richardson. I know Richardson brings more defense, I guess, maybe marginally better playmaking chops, I suppose. But like, do you, yeah, is that yeah. really what you need? Dallas was essentially running a Luka four-out set. And Seth Curry's the perfect guy to have to his right. You know, a guy who can make a quick dribble move off of a catch. A guy who could drill a wide open three. I thought it was a perfect fit. I think that's a big loss. Dwight Powell, we'll see what he's like. He's coming back from Achilles. A guy who... Yeah, his game is... Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Athleticism. uh, I like some of the role players. I think Jalen Brunson is is a nice little guard to have off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr., another guy that I'm sure, is he going to replicate that? He had an all-time year last year shooting close to 40% from three, I believe. Like, is that going to happen again? Tim Hardaway's never been that efficient. Maybe he just got better as a shooter. I don't know. But listen, Phil, the, the Mavs are the best. Don't forget, don't you forget another Nick forgotten. Trey Burke had a very yes. resurgent. He had yes. resurgence just full out. Trey Burke <clears> I'm did. sure he's in – I don't know if he's in their long-term plans, but I'm sure he's around for this year is i don't know phil i just look at it dallas had the best offensive rating ever last year best ever crazy stat best offensive rating ever that's points per 100 possessions they had the most points per game per 100 possessions ever yet they're the seventh team in the west and christos porzingis we don't know when he's coming back and seth curry's not there 
and they didn't really bring any key defensive pieces, which was their Achilles heel mm. last yeah. year. I don't know. I just don't see that. Like, I think they'll be in the play-in tournament. I think that they'll still be a nice team. I have them right now as my ninth best team in the West. I don't love them this season, Phil. I don't. I'm fully on board with you. I just wanted to give give them something else to talk about because I knew we were both going to go Mavericks. Yeah. But yeah, I really you got anything to piggyback. I mean, I have them at like nine or ten in the in the like you know extended bracket of play-ins this year. I think the Seth Curry equation is really what hurt them, as you were talking about before, because that's just that's such a big thing. And Josh Richardson does not bring you the same skill set; brings you something completely different. And yeah. that might not be what they need. Like if they want to go full tilt offense, as opposed to like kind of good offense but a little better defense. If you're getting a little better defense from a team that was they were last half of the league in defense last year, like that's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah, like, it's just yeah, it's just not going to. I just don't think that, yeah, and Porzingis is the elephant in the room because we assume he's back at some point, but what the hell? Like nobody knows really. There's going to be, there's going to be long stretches this year where Luke is just going to have to carry the team. And I mean, some nights he'll be able to do it, but it's not going to be for everything. Yeah. And Porzingis hurts you on defense too. Like not having Porzingis hurts you. I mean, we saw those games in the bubble when, Porzingis didn't play, and even that game where Luca just carried them against the Clippers, put up some ridiculous like forty-three point triple double, and that was crazy. But I mean, the Clippers are scoring one hundred thirty plus on them. You know, like Luca's Luca's just going Superman, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's doing that every night. I just don't know if they have the margin for error this year. I don't think they got better. People are gonna latch on to the match just because Luca, and I get it. But like, I, th- I saw Luca was the MVP favorite this year. That's crazy to me. They, yeah, that's that's anarchy. They're not going to have the record for him to win MVP. There's no way. It's all the European influence. Yeah. Well, I did my spiel. Oh well, that's that. So those are our risers. Those are our followers. We covered them all, I believe. Do you want to do quick superlatives? Yeah, we'll go. We'll 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 do some awards. We'll talk about some superlatives, and then we'll talk about the big boy teams that we think are going to be there at the end of the year. So let's start with. All right. First time All Stars, Phil. We said this last. We we wanted this last year. I Phil, I, you definitely don't remember my pick last year, but you're gonna laugh when I say who it was. Um, it was bad. It was bad. Okay, yeah, no, I can't guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Aaron. Go it ahead. was Aaron Gordon. I'm trying to think of. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> who did I have? Do you remember? I think you actually picked Jamal Murray, which was like, which wasn't right, but was a pretty interesting pick given how the season shaked out. Shout out to my Canadian boys. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'll give you, I'll give you half credit for that because his playoff. I want. I I get three fourths of that. uh, I'll give you two thirds. I get seventy five percent credit. Yeah, it was like a half All All Star appearance with the bubble Mm -hmm. performance. But let's talk first time All Stars, Phil. You had an interesting one. I'll let you go first with this. Yeah, so I'm rolling with Jalen. I think Eastern Conference. It's definitely easier. I I would honestly say Jamal Murray again, but. I don't know. The West is kind of a lot more stacked unless Jamal Murray is putting up bubble numbers for the entirety of the first half. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think there's too many other good guards as well as like the Vodins. Like he's not going to get those Vodins. So that's automatically going to Steph Curry and Luca probably in the backcourt. So I think Eastern Conference, Jalen Brown, there's a lot easier of a path. Celtics are going to be surprisingly good. Not surprisingly good, but better than you would expect. 
especially if they get things going and Kemba's, you know, still got his knees intact. So I think since Jalen's, you know, the second best player, he's going to get that nod as the, you know, great team. Two guys go to the all-star game. Not to say he's not going to do well on his own credit. He will do phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good pick. That's a good pick. Jalen was all-star worthy Who'd you last have? year. Who'd you have, my good sir? You know, I'm, I'm going to pick the easy ones. I'm just going to throw a few at you. It's just to make, right. make it palatable. So a few guys that I think are going to be all-star worthy first-time dudes. I'm going to roll with – what was I saying? Oh, I'm going to roll with – I had it written down. I don't know. Oh, okay. Jamal Murray. Yes. Jamal Murray, obviously, okay. we already talked about it. And mm-hmm. people are going to almost view him as an all-star just because of that playoff performance. Right. But still, yeah. no, all-star perform- no all-star appearances for Jamal Murray. So, Is he going to be the new Mike Conley? Eh, maybe. It's an interesting thought. but mm, It's possible. I mean, the, the, the current Mike Conley is the new Mike Conley, technically, because he doesn't have one. I'm going to go Jamal Murray. I'm going to go with... An interesting one as well, Phil. Dark Horse, Shea goes to Alexander. They're going to be terrible. They're going to be maybe the worst team in the NBA, but he has the potential to put up big numbers. I think it's something to monitor. A la Trey, Bur- Trey yes, Young, you similar. mean? similar. Kind of like that yeah. last year. I don't know if he's going to have okay. those type numbers, but I think it's something to look at. Possible. Shea goes to Alexander. Mm-hmm. Keep it on, keep it on right. your radar. And. I think that's my argument against him because he's not going to be – I mean, he's good. He's just might not be able to put up the Trey Young numbers. So I think that's going to discredit him from getting an all-star nod from someone else that might be more deserving. Yeah, like and it's going to be harder to do that in the West as well because, like, Trey Young right, that yeah. East. But we'll see. And then another guy, Phil, somebody who people probably think has been to the all-star game, but he hasn't. And this kind of goes along with my riser thing because I think Poland's going to be really – and it's going to be super hard to do in the West. CJ McCollum, I think, has a really good shot at being an all-star this year. Mm. So, That's a good one. I, I can't fight that. I love CJ. Yeah, good CJ guy. is like an all-star level player. Just never gone there. And that just speaks yeah. to how West is. Another one we'll th- I'll throw at you. And I'm just just throwing him at the wall at this point. DeAndre Aiden, I believe, has big-time all-star oh, potential. Oh, yeah, good one. Big-time good all-star one. potential for DeAndre Aiden. Again, like Chris, Chris Paul Agreed. is going to do wonders for him. So... Those are, yeah. those are a few guys just keep on the radar. Will Chris Paul get 0.5 of an all-star appearance if he gets DeAndre Ayton there? He should. He should. I mean, he should get – He should. He, he should. He should I get think, I think 15% he should. of all the money DeAndre Jordan's made because, I mean, the, the fact – That's a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was an all-star for some wasn't, very Wasn't that funny reasons. that we thought DeAndre Jordan was some kind of marquee free agent when really he was just really good at catching Chris Paul lobs? <laughs> he was just being fed. That was funny, and then and then he was like, "I need more touches in the posts." Probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's probably right. not. I think we'll probably give it a play, not. Griffin. Probably We're not. All right. You should just jump high, then Chris will throw it to you. That's a better idea. Yeah. But all right, first time All Stars, check. In the books, revenge Lock tour, Phil. In. I want. I want your oh, your favorite. Thank God. Talk to us about it. What is it? I still barely know. And then give us your pick. <laughs> oh. Revenge tour, very simple. Doubted, humbled, unloved. All of these things we experience in life. Ex- exemplified on an NBA court. Some guy that's been pretty much disrespected. You know, people don't expect him to be having a good year. 
we, for example, we expected Lonzo or Marco Fultz to have a revenge tour. Didn't really happen, but the premise is there where they were kind of discredited and you're like, no, they can have a good season this year. Lonzo had a good season coming up to the bubble and the bubble completely wiped out any type of revenge tour-ish connotations. So, yeah, it's essentially just someone that really surpasses your odds and no one really believes he'll be this good this year. So, Nate, starting with that. My revenge tour pick, a guy that he annoys the hell out of me, uh, Phil. He really does. But I still just have a soft spot in my heart for him just because I think he's gone through a lot that people kind of forget. And I think he's a really good player, and I think he's going to have a really good season. I'm picking Paul George. I'm picking Paul George. I think I think him and Kawhi, hopefully they're on the same close they are, which is kind of weird, but hopefully they're close. You know, they – yeah, you think they're close from all this stuff leading the team yeah, getting the Clippers. I don't even, like, have they, do they even talk? I'm not sure. But. I don't know. I mean, at least, like, Harden and Chris Paul went to Astros games together. But yeah, like, I don't know. But anyway, wow. I think that the Clippers finally have some kind of clean slate in the organization. I think getting Montrez out, while it was a nice get for the Lakers, I think that was just needed. I don't think anybody really liked having him there. Mm-hmm. I think by the end, he was kind of a toxic presence. And I think that. Why, and Paul obviously signs the huge contract extension, which I know people are going to laugh at, but good move by the Clippers. They get their star. He's staying there for now, at least. So I just think that finally Paul and Kawhi will feel some ownership over this team. Hopefully they can just take the reins, play freely. I don't know. Paul says he wants less pin downs. I'm not going to not talk about that for a little bit because that was just kind of ridiculous. I just think he's going to play better. I think he's going to it's going to look more like the Paul George of old and you mean Gatorade commercial old uh, or Pacers old Thunder old, Thunder uh, old. you know, un- uncharted maybe, territory. You know, I, I think he's going to be like a 26 point per game kind of guy. Hopefully he gets to handle a little bit more plays. Although I think he handled enough. I don't even know. Now he's got me thinking that he was running pin downs. I just hope Paul George does well is all, is all I'm saying. So I'm going to pick PG 13. <laughs> don't don't look too deep into the hole. You're I, gonna fall I, I actually, yeah. I'll go on PG though. All right, on that very uh, odd and sadly PG note, I'm gonna roll with Cole Anthony for revenge tour. Just essentially off his draft stock, no one really saw him to be like a great player. They thought he was gonna be an inefficient shooter, which he likely could be, but. I mean, you've seen, like, if anybody's watching any preseason or college games, he has, like, a very full offensive bag where he can get by anybody. I always compared it to the level, not Jason Tatum himself, but to the level Jason Tatum was at where he has, like, that kind of offensive bag where he can get by people. He has bevy of tricks, and he can combo through any one of them. So, Cole Anthony, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people and probably be a very good scorer in the league from day one. And people will see it. Short and Valid. Valid. Yeah, I think Cole Anthony won over a lot of people in his reaction. We got drafted. That was nice to see. Clearly, a dude. He won. Yeah, he won my heart. Clearly, a dude that hasn't. I was four on the wagon. You kidding yeah, me? Yeah. No, I like Cole Anthony too. I get it. In terms of rookies, it's a nice pick. All right, Phil. We got your revenge tour out of the way. You're, you're going to have to wait another twelve months till we talk about it again. Is that okay with you? And now to the big boy stuff. I'd be less actually. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it will be less. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. Let's talk about these silly these silly awards that we have to go through. Yeah, these Let's other run through things. Them, Phil MVP. 
I'm going to start. I'm going to pick an easy one. Last year, I tried to be out of the box, tried to be cool. It didn't work. I picked Steph Curry. That was terrible. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> Could be very you, – you mad, man. Yeah, that was bad. So, this year, I'm going to keep it short. going to keep it simple. Simple. Lakers are going to have the best record in the NBA. LeBron, people think he's going to sit. He's not going to sit. He wants to get the all-time records, as he should. He wants to be all-time scored, did all that good stuff. He's going to be playing plenty of minutes. Trust me. LeBron James is going to win MVP this year. Wow, that was that was a little <laughs> ambitious. That's what it is. That's what it is. Short. Uh, all right. Okay. I mean, just for just for preface, who what did who did I say last year? Was it Giannis? Who did you say last year? I believe I. You might have. You might have. I believe in my my ill-gotten ego that I picked Giannis and I was correct. Okay, I, I believe you. So I think there should be there should be less salt taken, less grains of salt taken when I say that it's probably going to be Harden this year, unless he's traded to the Nets, which is likely. But if Harden goes a whole season with the Rockets, I think he's pulling another MVP out. With that said, if it does pivot and he gets traded somewhere, I think it'll go to Giannis just because Harden will have a tough time, not a tough time adjusting, but his minutes and his scoring is just definitely going to be. I don't think, back, I don't think Giannis you know? wins this year. Cause I, I think they're tired of giving it to Giannis. I, and after he loses, after he lost in the playoffs, like I, I don't, I just don't see people voting for him again this year. Honestly. I hope Giannis doesn't win, but I think I know in my heart that sadly they're just going to give it to him. A, a center that can dribble score 30 points a game. Just take it. Maybe, maybe I, I think it's LeBron year, LeBron's year to win, but. I think Harden just outright, but if he's stuck in a new system where he might not get the touches he's used to, then it'll have to go to somewhere else. Valid. We go with MVP. All right, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Clean. Rookie of the year. It's it's Clean. it's a weird it's a weird class because those top guys, a lot of them might not be in super high volume roles like we're used to seeing. So I looked for a guy with a high volume role. I also looked for a guy that I think might be a contributor on a winning team. I just wasn't sure about any of those dudes. So, because I thought it might be a Malcolm Brogdon type this year. But, I don't know. That's just kind of hard to predict. I wasn't sure where to go. So, I'm going to go with a player that I think is going to be pretty high volume, who's pretty skilled, who I think is going to get better as the year goes on. I'm taking Killian Hayes, rookie of the year. I think he's going to have pretty nice raw numbers, a la MCW maybe. And, yeah. I'm thinking, Oof, that's a lot of touches. It's it's gonna be a lot of touches. That's a lot of I'm, touches. You'll, you've seen him in the preseason uh, against I the mean, Knicks. Of, he, he does yeah, what he but, wants out there. Right, but Blake Griffin had the ball. Derrick Rose until Derrick. They're gonna feed Derrick Rose the ball until he gets traded. I get it. So that's definitely taken away. He's not getting that MCW outright. No, you're right. You're ball right. touches. You're right. You know? Yep. No, you're right. Just saying. You know, I I get where you're going. Mm-hmm. All right. So. My pick is Wiseman. I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, coming in day one, he's going to be relatively big and bulky and just an athletic lob threat. And being on a 45-plus win team is just going to help your case that much, especially if you're an impact player, which I think he will be for the Warriors. Done, done, done. Fair. Yeah, my only question with Wiseman, like, the Warriors obviously are going to go for wins. Every team's going for wins. But they have expectations to be in the Western Conference playoff picture. We'll just see if Wiseman's going to warrant those 25 minutes per game. Like, is he going to be good enough? I just don't know. I have no idea who James Wiseman is as a player. Like, I say that. I have no – I mean, no one really has an idea. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be pretty solid. Fair. Yeah, if he's – I guess. mean, yeah, if, he, if he's going to be good, then he's going to be in a good position. I just don't know 
if Steve Kerr is going to play him the minutes, because I don't know how valuable he's going to be on the like. I, I can't even I can't even talk about him because I don't know much about him just because there's we've talked about this ad nauseum. There's no relevant film out there of who this guy is. As a oh, film. look at you, big brain man! Think you're using big words to trick us, wise men, dumb centers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. Think you're so crafty as a point guard, yeah, in Detroit. Exactly. All right, All right, check enough. Enough uh, check. innuendo. Most improved player. This is a silly award, but I don't know. I picked. I picked Wendell Carter. I picked Wendell Most Carter improved. Jr. You don't like the pick. I get it. I. I just think the formula yeah. for this is young guy drafted high, kind of underwhelming. Gets put in a situation where he can succeed, and he succeeds. I think Wendell Carter's this year. I think his numbers are going to look pretty nice. And I think he's, I think he's actually a pretty good player. Like he's one of my favorite young players in that Chicago Bulls team. I like Kobe White too, but in terms of guards, Zach Levine's the guy. So I think Wendell's going to get most of the big man minutes for that team. And I think he's pretty nice. I think he's a pretty good player. Can shoot a little bit, although he hasn't shot well in the preseason. Play a little defense, rebound. Give me Wendell Carter. Yeah, no, I mean I like Wendell Carter as a player, but. I don't know. I don't think he's going to make that kind of jump. I think MIP is kind of tough to do. If you're going to say Wendell Carter, I would probably just argue that Jalen Brown could easily just usurp him as like he's having that same kind of jump. Just it be going from good to even better as well as Wendell Carter going from like, okay to good. You know what I'm saying? Like this, he's just a higher step, but um, for mine, I'd probably go since MIP is a lot of just perception. And I'm sure they're cra- they're foaming at the mouth at the NBA to just give Zion an award. So I assume he's going to get MIP. <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's so dumb because yeah. Zion, there's no way he's supposed to be a player. <laughs> but I mean, like, right. No, yeah, how is... statistically people will argue like, oh, yeah. he did this. He scored like 25, 26 and six and nine. Or, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's Whatever. still the award, but I get it. All right. Coach of the year. Well, with Coach that said, then we got six men, and Coach, then we got six right. men, Philip. Oh, 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 what about Depoy? Oh, I forgot about Depoy. All right, yeah. we, we'll add we'll add Depoy in the, in the end. Just what? <laughs> what do you mean added in? This isn't gonna count. NBA take it out. All this right, year? Coach of the Year, Phil. Which Coach of the Year is essentially team with not high expectation does well. That's what it should be. And then insert coach of that team. I mean, I, I went with Mike Malone for the Denver Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are going to have a pretty good regular season. He's probably going to take a step. We saw it in the bubble. Who knows if he's going to be able to completely reciprocate those same regular season or through the duration of the regular season. But I think he's definitely unlocked another level. He's able to contribute on a player, you know, level just in generally. So having Nikola Jokic with Jamal Murray as your second guy, that's really going to push the Nuggets probably the at bottom, like seed, because they would get up to second, they might dance around the seed. I don't think they're going to stay there, but they'd be probably basement third seed, ceiling second seed. Mike Malone will get what's his. Yeah, that pick makes sense to me. I pick the Jazz, but I think the Jazz are going to have a good regular season. I think I, I think we just kind of think similar things about Utah and Denver. Like I think what, about Utah, you think about Denver. I like right, Denver right. a lot. I just think that's it's the jump for it's our location preference. Yeah, same same Rocky Mountain place. But you're just more Mormon than Denver a lot. 
I think Denver's going to be better than the Jazz. I just think that people aren't going to think they're making that jump because they had that postseason run. But I understand the logic. I pick better. I think the Jazz are going to have a nice regular season throughout. I mean, yeah. Can I get your sixth man? Sixth man? I'm going to go with – I'm kind of going to go on a limb with this one because I don't know if he's going to stay as a sixth man. But I think he's going to start the season as one. I'm taking Karis LeVert. Ah, you're going to – we were talking about this the other night. I think I thought yeah. it was going to be either Karis LeVert or Spencer Dinwiddie, depending on, you know, who goes – like, who starts where, the playing times. But, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. That's a great pick. As of now, Steve Nash has said he's not really sure. Obviously, Karis hasn't started the preseason recently, but I believe he's hurt. He hasn't even been dressing, so it's not really something to go off of. But, yeah, I mean, Karras says a six-man is a big thing, and I think he'll – it works better for him because Karras is a ball-dominant kind of guy. Like I, I think he works better in lineups where either Durant or Irving aren't in, and obviously he will have to be in some lineups. And if he's going to be finishing games, Durant and Irving. Right. But he can just go bananas I by think, himself. Yeah, and he works as a really good off-guard with Kyrie or – even as the primary guard when Durant's in the game. So I like yeah, him totally. in, in that six-man role, definitely. Yeah, I had a Karis LeVert or just Dinwiddie, whoever happened to soak up those six-man kind of running the next unit minutes, because I think both of them are starter level or a little bit above average than starter level. So putting them in a second unit and just letting them run full reign is just going to give them the six-man award easy. If not, I'd probably go Derek Rose just because – I don't know. He's going to be sixth man for the Pistons. If he stays there, I'm sure they're going to want him to get the to kind of push him towards staying in sixth man and get that award. Or if he goes somewhere else, realistically, wherever he's going, he's probably going to be a sixth man bench scorer. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Depoy, Philip, I'm taking Anthony Davis uh, just because I think he's one of the, I mean, he's arguably the best defensive player in the NBA. And the Lakers are gonna be really good. So yeah, not that much to it. There's not a lot to argue with because I did the same thing. So we can move right on. All right, let's move on to the big boys, Phil. So we're gonna talk about each conference. We're gonna go Eastern Conference, pick our conference finals. So say who you have in the conference finals, who you have winning, and then we'll talk about our Western Conference, and then we'll talk about what each of our finals predictions are. Just to preface it, Phil, last Last preseason, I had Clippers over Bucks. I believe you had Clippers over Sixers. Does that sound right? <laughs> so we were both right, horribly. You know? We were we, we were, were both, both just off. terrible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We both did have the Lakers in the conference finals. So I we guess got that's okay. <laughs> we got them that far. And yeah, I think you had Sixers over Bucks the conference final, and I had Bucks over Sixers in the conference final. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, new year, new us. Let's start. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't know how new we're gonna be. You can it's lead still it. Twenty twenty. What's your Eastern Conference final? Who do you have winning it? Eastern Conference. I'm still dancing between two options because I think, I think it's gonna be one of the Celtics versus either the Sixers or the Bucks. I think it really depends on or shakes out to who the Bucks are playing because I think Bucks are the team to beat. But I think if they face the Sixers before they get to the Celtics, just how the Racket shakes out, then I think it'll be Celtics Sixers. So I'll, I'll roll with that. 
Celtics, so you got Celtics Sixers. Who wins? Yeah, I'll run back Celtics. You are high on the Celtics. Can you tell us why you're so high on the Celtics? You have Celtics over Sixers I'm in not, the Eastern Conference I'm not Finals. really that high on the Celtics. I just you have them winning the East. That's very yeah. high, Phil. <laughs> you can only get one step higher. <laughs> I guess it's not that I'm so high on the Celtics. It's just that I'm, I don't know. I think I'm just being completely ignorant because I completely forgot about the Nets, and now I kind of want to redo it all. Redo it right like now. Like in that in that in that flurry of just pure adrenaline, I had to say Sixers. I think it'll probably be Nets. I think give Nets will probably pick, usurp Phil. that enough, Celtic en- spot. Enough with this right, fluttering enough, around. Enough answer. Just give me your pick, right now. Nets Sixers. Who wins? Joe Harris. Nets. So you have Nets beating the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, let's let's throw it at the wall. Okay, so you just threw you, out the. Who, who, what make what makes <laughs> you so much better? Who do you have? Well, I, I I'm, I'm a man with a plan over here, Phil. That's that's what I have. <laughs> I have the. You gotta run it off the dome. What are you talking about? I have the Nets. Play by your. Drugs. Yeah, exactly. See, it took me a while to get there, but we're, we're essentially the same place. Nets over the Bucks. Yeah, we haven't talked about the Nets all pod, Phil. I think we got to talk a little bit about the Nets. The Nets, if it works, have the most talent in the East. That's just the fact of the matter. Kevin Durant is the best player in the East if he's healthy. And Kyrie Irving is still a top 15-ish player, top 10 potential. They have a really good supporting cast. I think that they are kind of one wing defender away from being bona fide rock solid. Yeah, like, honestly. They don't really have a great wing defender option. I feel like those are always kind of what those teams are looking for. But it's the the Clippers of seven years later. Yeah, and Durant's not going to be that kind of guy. Like, I think Durant's going to be a lot of help defender type role. They're going to play him at four. They might even play him at five in some lineups. Yeah, no, he in preseason, he was big on just, like, kind of getting up in the paint, just, you know, being yeah. a defender. Vertical. I think that's, fi- that's fine for him. But yeah, they're, they're missing yeah, that. But if it works, listen, this team is just full of firepower. Kevin Durant, if he's Kevin Durant, is just capable of taking a team to an NBA final. I, I truly believe that. So Agreed. that's why I'm going Nets over Bucks. Like I, I like. Can I the make Bucks an argument? Lot. Yes, go for it. Would it be better for the Nets to keep the core, keep the gang that they have, i.e., all this bench depth and their two stars, as opposed to trading almost all of it for James Harden, where they're going to have yeah, almost devout uh, of their bench and just three nonstop forces? Yeah, I'd have to see the package, but there's a very good argument that that would be better, Phil. There's a, there's a good argument that it would. The bench or having Harden? Keeping the bench. There's a good argument for that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's where I'm kind of leaning. I mean, Harden, obviously, you got to get him if you can get him, but I mean, I think if you're every single piece, that's got to be catastrophic. And I think if you're Brooklyn, everything. what what would be preferred is to give up a lot less and Kyrie Irving. That, but they're not going to do that, obviously. They're not going to do that, yeah. <laughs> as so, much as you wish. That would make a lot more sense. So, Yeah. I'm, but I'm high on the Brooklyn Nets overall. Like I, I think they do end up figuring it out, and I, I think they do end up winning the East. I like the Bucks, and I, I would maybe think about picking the Bucks, but I, I still don't think they have the half court offensive firepower. Like I love, I know that lo- people love Drew Holiday; he's a metrics darling. But I, I think that what they were missing last year was a, a half court initiator with the ball in his hands, somebody to help Giannis out. Like Drew's really good defensively. He's a nice offensive player, but I don't know if he takes them over the edge on that end of the floor, which I think what they kind of needed at the end of the day. 
Yeah, can we talk about Brooke Lopez? Because he did not play to what we thought Splash Mountain was going to be a year ago. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and now throw that on top of them now having no depth. They lost Robin Lopez, Dante DiVincenzo, so it's just okay. Pat Connaughton's unplayable at this point. Yeah. Like, their depth is pretty much squandered. I think they did have a nice offseason. Tory Craig was a nice get. Brent Forms can, really sh- can really shoot it. And DJ Augustine's a decent bag of point guard, although I didn't love the contract. So I think they got better, but I just don't know if they got better enough given the fact that Brooklyn is now here. Yeah, totally. Let's talk Westville. Western Conference Finals, you can start it. Hmm. You know, I'm still dancing between two topics. It's definitely Lakers. Whoever it is, I think it's Lakers, and then Lakers beats them. It's For me, it's going to be between Nuggets and Clippers. I think overall the Clippers will probably come back or they'll actually you know get to the conference finals this year. The Nuggets might have been more of a microscope because they were in the bubble, and they might be more like one or two years away from being in the conference finals. So I'm going to lock it in as Lakers-Clippers. Enough chit-chat. Enough stalling on my end, I would say. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Lakers over Clippers. There's just no reason to not pick the Lakers to make the finals again. They yeah. got they got better. They didn't have a problem with the Western Conference. Nobody in the West got that much better. Although I do think the Clippers right. got better. I think Serge Ibaka was a great acquisition. I, I, I don't I don't know about that, dude. I think they did. I really think they you did. Think they got better. Serge, like objectively I, better. I think they're a better team than they were last year. Yes. You think getting Luke Kennard, shipping out Landry Shamit was a good idea? I think that was fine, and I think Serge Ibaka is severely fine. underrated. Severely. I think Serge Ibaka is severely underrated, yeah. I agree with you on that, but do I think Serge Ibaka's addition is fine? Yes. Is he going to be a, a needle pusher? No, not I mean, really. I'm, not picking the, I'm, not, I'm not picking them to beat the Clippers, but I mean, I'm, I'm not picking them to beat the Lakers, but I think they're a better oh, right, but I think ball. the distance between the Lakers and the Clippers is, is very large, so them getting, like, you know, a good piece is not going to be anywhere near enough. No, for the I agree. Lakers. The Lakers, I, Serge Ibaka is going to get bullied by AD. Not bullied, but, you know, he's going to have a lot to handle with AD, Montrez, JaVale, who I assume is back. Regardless, Marcus Gasol as well. It's a lot to handle for him when him and Ivica Zubac are kind of it. It's them and, like, Patrick Patterson. You know what I'm saying? I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I'm just saying they got better. That's all. Just drop the all mic. Right. No, Clippers got better. Maybe. But Maybe. Yeah. I'm picking the Lakers because the Lakers also got better, and they're already better. So, yeah, that's how that works. All right. Yeah. NBA Finals. So, so it sounds like we both have Lakers-Nets. Yeah, we've, we've been down this road before. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Lakers. I am also. LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the Lakers will probably pick up another nice piece in the uh, buyout market when they, whenever that happens. Who knows? But I think their bench is going to be just as solid as the Nets are come the actual playoffs or whenever the buyout period ends. So there'll be two very good teams. It'll be very entertaining. How many games do you think it'll go? I think it'll be closer than we think. It could be. It could be for sure. I'm thinking like and Anthony Davis is a mismatch for them right now, though, because they don't. No, yeah, Jared Allen. I guess they handle it. But DeAndre, you you stretch him out and bye bye. So (laughs) yeah, I'm thinking like Lakers in five. It could be. The season's going to be weird. We don't know what these teams are going to look like by the time the finals comes around. Good point. But Lakers definitely prohibitive favorite. 
Phil, you got any last thoughts before we start this wild season? I want to hear your number. Say. My number? Lakers oh, in the finals? Yeah. You, you talked around it like a politician. Oh, Lakers in six. Okay, all right. Now that I have that, I can, I can die happy. All right. Well, that's going to do that for the preseason preview. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. As always, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor app. Follow us on Twitter at HoopScoopPod. Check us out on YouTube, HoopScoop. Check out a new channel linked in our Twitter bio. It's good stuff. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Catch me. Yeah, peace.